Good morning, good morning. It's good to be back. I was here just about a few months ago, um, so it's good to consistently come to Sterling, which is uh, for those who, who helped set up those, uh, those curtains in the back, I remember. I remember setting those up in the morning, so it's really good to be back where, where ministry started for me. So um, this is a, a really great series that Pastor David has been taking you all through. Uh, I think the name of it is Four Weeks of Faith. Is that the name? Okay. Because he and I were having a conversation. I said, oh, that's great. That's like four weeks of faith. And he said, yeah, right. So I didn't know if he was saying, right, that's the name of it or, yes, we are doing Four Weeks of Faith. So I said, okay, well, I'm just going to title my message Faithful. So Four Weeks of Faith, this is week three, I believe, Faithful. So I just had faith that that would work. So... <laughs> So uh, today we're going to talk about one of my favorite passages, the Hall of Faith, um, and that is in Hebrews 11. So you can turn there. Before we begin, I want to pray, but um, I have an assignment today. My assignment is to instruct and encourage you to live a faith-filled life. Many believers sometimes forget why we call ourselves believers. We're believers because we believe. How do you believe? We're going to walk through that this morning. We're going to have a lot of fun, but my, my hope and my prayer is that everyone will leave out of here with another ounce of faith. And hopefully we will be encouraged in such a way that we long to read our Bibles to hear more about this faith, that we'd be more empowered and equipped to live a faith-filled life. So let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to come into your house this morning with no oppression, with no violence, no terrorism, we freely get to, to experience your goodness this morning when we know believers all around the world are being killed just to have a moment like this. We don't take it lightly. Lord, in that same vein, empower us and give us faith and great boldness to live out our calling to the best of our abilities to glorify you. Help us as we study your word this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Hebrews 11. We're going to go through um, the story of Abraham from verse 8 to verse 12. And um, we're going to look at what it looks like to, to have a full life of faith. Starting off with being called. Everyone who accepts the call of Jesus Christ or who hears the gospel and, and, and their heart has been changed by the Holy Spirit and respond, you are called. And when you're called, there's something different about you. And because of that, you live a life that's, that's set apart from the world around you. But your faith, it's like a glass. When that, when that faith is full, anybody who's thirsty can get it from your glass. A lot of times we just do church and we're walking around with empty cups. So people can, people hear our nice words and and, and then we, we have pictures on Facebook and, and scriptures on Facebook, but then our life is really empty. So it's just a bunch of words. We don't see any power. My hope is that because of our calling, the second C is confidence. We'll go through it. Don't worry. I'm just kind of priming it. But the second C is confidence. You're confident because you're called. So there your faith comes because you know that your God is faithful. And then from there, it's consistent. You can see it in every aspect of your life. You're not only faithful on Sunday mornings. 
You have faith to see God move in a mighty way in your family. You have faith that God will provide for you financially. A lot of us struggle with that one, mainly me. And then the last thing, it conceives. That's where we get really excited this morning because faith births something. If we can align ourselves with God's word and God's promise and who God is, then we can actually see things come into existence when others just say, there's no way. I'll give you a story. So my second daughter, Bailey, uh, when, when she was born last October, the doctor said, oh, she has this, she has this, it's problem with her, problems with her blood, jaundice, blah, 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 blah. We got to keep you in here longer. We've got to do these tests. And me, full of faith and half crazy, told the doctor, that's a lie. <laughs> now, listen, doctor, it's not personal. It's not personal. It's not between you and I. It's personal between Jesus and I. So what you're saying, I understand. You're just doing your job. But I am on assignment to tell you that it's wrong because my daughter's going to be healthy and we're leaving tomorrow. <laughs> and I remember that next morning, the, doc, the nurse came in and she was so confused. And I have witnesses. I just don't understand because we tested last night and we tested this morning. The tests are different. I don't get it. I said, I do. And I said, but it was an opportunity for me to share the gospel with that nurse. She asked me, where do you go to church? <laughs> and it opened the door. That's why we have faith. We have faith because we believe in Jesus. We believe in the power of the resurrection. But through our faith, we can just uh, demonstrate God's power, and then he, he gets all the glory. So everybody that comes in contact with you sees that faith, and they say, what is that? And it's drawing them to the light of Jesus Christ. Once you draw them to the light, they get changed from the inside out, not by you, but by the Jesus that's in you and the faith that you feel from that relationship, and they're changed. So I want to encourage you as we read today to, uh, to ask yourself, am I living the faith-filled life? Is this message for me? It sure is for me. You know, you get to wrestle with this stuff as you prepare. But I want to I just look at Abraham's life and read this scripture with no prejudice, no preconceived notion, but to, to read it in truth and see what God has to say for us. So let's read verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he lived as an alien in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. For he was looking for the city which has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, even Sarah herself received ability to conceive, even beyond the proper time of life since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, verse 12, there was born even of one man in him as good as dead at that, as many descendants as the stars of heaven in number and innumerable, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. So calling, first we are called. Faith starts with calling. We believe because we belong. God loved us first. We didn't love him first. We didn't exist first. God loved us before we were in our mother's womb. He created us with purpose. 
He created us with destiny. Because we are called, we respond in faith. And it's something about, you know, I was thinking about um, in recess back in the day. When someone called you before the last kid, God has grace for the last kid, by the way. If you were the last kid, Jesus loves you. Just I, It wasn't God choosing, you know. But, but remember the feeling, whether you were called in recess or when the teacher called on you and you said, ooh, pick me. Whatever that, what, that first moment, you were called and something happened on the inside of you. You're like, oh, my goodness, I matter. Oh, they, they called me. They chose me. I didn't know if they were going to choose me. There's something about a calling for our life, on our life, that gets us excited. And when we get excited, we respond. A lot of us are waiting to try to figure out our calling. So we, 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 give, we give all of our expectations, we give all of our hopes and dreams to a significant other or to a job or to a degree or to our house or our car. And we say, oh, is this it? We're looking everywhere but God for our calling. Things are nice, but God's calling will take you from thing to thing, place to place. So it's, it's about belonging first. You need to know that God loves you. God loves you. I say it a third time, God loves you. Because sometimes we fight that. Don't fight that. God loves you. He gave his son for you. He loved you so much that he sacrificed his son. And he said, I I want them in my family. How crazy is that, that someone would say, oh, I love that person. I want them in my family. How about I give my son for that person to come into my family? Raise your hand if you have children and you would do that. Didn't think so. (laughs) But Abraham went because he was called. He trusted the Lord's word to him. He trusted the Lord's word. It's hard to trust the Lord's word. It's hard. Thank God that that we live in a day where we have the Lord's word on on paper. (laughs) And we can go through chapters and we can see the the whole purpose of this story or the whole purpose of chapter 11 of Hebrews, the hall of faith, is to show us what it looks like to have faith. See, it's it's, it's showing us uh, verses 1, 1 through 3, where it talks about faith being the assurance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. So now he's saying, okay, You understand that? Well, I don't understand that. Okay, well, let me tell you about Abraham. So now we get somebody who walked through it. How many of y'all are a second or third sibling? So, you know, you you let the first one bump their head or or hurt themselves or do it. Okay, now I get what they were saying by not jumping over the fence. (laughs) Ephesians 2, 8. By grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It's the gift of God. By grace, we've been saved. We now have purpose. We now have calling. There's now a plan over our lives. Purpose is the sum of our life's meaning and the motivation to see it through. It's the sum of our life's meaning, the motivation to see it through. Every single believer has purpose. Every single believer has destiny. Every single believer has a promise over their life. The problem is we always size up with everyone else, so we neglect our gift that God gave specifically for us. There's only one uh, person like us. There's only one person that has the DNA and the fingerprint like us in, in the entirety of who we are. But we say, oh, but he's a pastor, so I must not be called. No, he's called to be a pastor. You're called to do what you're supposed to do. 
oh, I'm just an athlete. All I can do is play sports. Then play sports for God's glory and share the gospel when they ask you how good you are. <laughs> oh, well, I'm only a teacher. Okay, well, teach these people by the principles of God, the way that you know that you're supposed to teach children. Set the atmosphere of the classroom where God's grace is evident. When you go to the parent-teacher conference, they ask you, why are you so different? You're an amazing teacher. My children love you. Share the gospel. Oh, but Jared, teachers, athletes, man, I work at Chick-fil-A. Okay, well, serve the best you can and be on time every morning and then stay till the end and work overtime even when they're not paying you. And then, and then every time someone walks through the window, even if your day is going bad, hey, how you doing? Here's your, here's your bag. And then let people ask you, man, you're, you're working at Chick-fil-A. You just, you're always happy. Why? Share the gospel. I don't care what your gift is. Oh, well, I'm unemployed. Okay, well, then you got a lot of time. Everybody that you see... Everybody that you see, share the gospel with. You don't have a boss that's going to tell you you're fired because you're sharing the gospel. So therefore, you should be the most excited. Walk out your calling until you get your job. First Peter 2.9. If, if you still don't believe you're called, listen to this. But you are, cho you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood a holy nation, a people for his own, God's own, possession. He wants to possess you. He loves you. He wants you in the on the team. That you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You were called to change the world. Jared, the world's big. Okay, we'll change your part. I'll go change mine. And then we'll all change the world together. It's a team. We're called. Faith allows you to walk in your calling boldly. Take some hard steps. You walk in your calling boldly because you understand who your God is. You understand that Jesus Christ died on the cross. You know, it's pretty wild um, that, that we struggle over Jesus being resurrected from the dead. It's, it's like I know it's an amazing thing. But the scripture says in the first three verses, let me, let's just go there. In the, in, in the third verse, by faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. Okay, so we understand Jesus resurrected from the grave. But let's go back. Are you telling me, God, that things that were not visible... There was no thing. You just spoke words and then things happened. You said, let there be light and then light just showed up. There was no such thing as light. There was no concept of light. And you said that and then light came. The resurrection seems pretty easy after that. <laughs> he created the cross he was, he was uh, sacrificed on. He created the people that, 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 that uh, crucified him. Of course he came back. Let us not diminish the power of God. It's wild to me that the things that were not seen, I, I, I was sharing in our Bible study on campus at George Mason Friday night. This girl said, I want to be a, a forensic scientist. I want to work for, with DNA in the, in the FBI. I said, man, that's awesome. And, and then I, we were talking a little bit about this scripture. And she said, she said, yeah, that's a wild one because, you know, we, we factor the evidence according to uh, you know, according of, of what's there, according, according by 
the, the scene, the, the, the crime scene, the evidence, we, we only know what to look for because we were told what to look for. Or we follow the steps of the scene so that we know what to look for. This scripture is saying that there's evidence, but there was nothing to look for in the first place. How do you have evidence and there's no scene? <laughs> he created the scene with no evidence, just word. Maybe we need to start reading this Bible. Because if it's God's word and it has that type of power to create things, maybe we're praying in vain because we're just praying all sorts of our, all, all of our words. Maybe if we start praying God's word, we'll start seeing things come into existence. God, I want this car. I want this car. Well, maybe God's calling you to be on the bus right now or to Uber right now. <laughs> you're saying you're, you're, you're praying for God's will, but you're not praying for it God's way. Maybe God wants you to go through something right now. And if, as you go through that thing, you're, grown, you, you're built up in your faith so that you'll be better for that car when you get it. And when you get that car, you'll understand what it took to get there. Faith in God's provision. So that takes us to confidence. Confidence. I love this. Man, this is awesome. Faith is supposed to be normal for a believer. That's why we are called believers. We believe in God, the Father, who is perfectly faithful. Abraham was looking, it says. It says that he was looking. He was going to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. He was looking. The Greek translation of that word is waiting with expectation. He wasn't just looking, okay, wait, it's not here, not there. No, okay. Let me go to Ashburn. Let me go down 7. Let me go 495. No, it's not there. <laughs> he had expectation because God told him where he was going to go. He said, okay, well, I'm just going to follow your lead, Lord. I'm just going to walk. And I'm going to expect for you to do something amazing. He had childlike faith, what Jesus says in Mark 10. Childlike faith, the reason why it's so important for us to have childlike faith is because life hinders our faith if we let it. Circumstances, people, pain, low bank accounts, all of these things hurt our faith. But a child, they don't know what dad or mom has in the bank account. Mommy, can we get that house? Mommy, can we go move there? You're in Hawaii. Mommy, can we stay here forever? They're not asking like, Mommy, is this possible? They're saying, Mommy and Daddy, you, I can, you can do whatever you want. So can you choose for us to stay here? Mommy, I'm hungry. Where's the food? They have no clue that the fridge is empty. Where's the food? Because you always have the food. I know that you have the food, so I just trust that you have the food. Childlike faith is before all of the, the sadness and the depression and, and, and oh, my, my pastor let me down or my, my dad let me down. These, these leaders let me down. My friend let me down. So I don't know if I can believe anymore. Childlike faith is saying, no, no, no. Remain in that place when you first found God. When you, when, when you were a baby and, and you didn't know about how jacked up your parents were. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you were coming. I'm sorry. <laughs> you didn't know, so you just assumed. You were assured that provision was coming. Babies don't cry because there's no milk around. 
They cry because they think you're not giving it to them when they want it. They know it's here. They can smell it. <laughs> they want, they're crying, where are you? I'm hungry. They don't cry. Are we out? <laughs> they are sure that there's milk in the house. They're just waiting with expectation that they're going to be fed. <laughs> when you have kids, you get so much more material, man. It's just good. It's good. <laughs> God loves us. That's why we should be confident. We're confident. In our confidence, we grow in our faith. His perfect love casts out fear. So I know he loves me. I know he called me. I'm confident in the God that I serve, not myself. I'm faith. I'm filled with faith because I believe in the God that's faithful. Therefore, I know he's going to provide. So I have no more fear because I know about his love. Anytime you're struggling with fear, understand this. It's not a faith issue. It's a lack of love. It's, it's a lack of the understanding of how much God loves you. I got to get my faith game right. I got to get my faith up. We always used to say that. No, no, no. You need to see how much God loves you. Go meditate on the goodness of your father. Because if we make it a works-based thing, okay, I got to get my faith up. I got to get my faith up. And who's that faith in? Because if it's you getting your faith up, I don't know if that's faith. It might be arrogance or pride. I don't know. But if you say, okay, I got to get in the, in, the, in the closet. I got to get on my knees with the Lord. I got I to gotta see what he's saying to me. I got to just surrender. I got to give up some stuff. I got to just get on my knees and say, God, you're good. Let me just worship. That's why we worship in the midst of calamity. God, let me take my mind off of all the things around me. I just want to honor you. I feel good with you. I don't know what's going on out there, but I feel good with you. That's where we, come, we become empowered. It takes faith to believe. Calling requires obedience, though. Abraham went. He was being obedient. God told him to go. He said, I'll go. Why was he obedient? Because he believed. And our obedience gives us confidence. Because God withholds no good thing from those who walk uprightly. So don't think that just because you believe that he exists, that it's all good. The demons believe. The guy on the street believes. Oh, yeah, I believe. The scientist, the atheist, the agnostic. Oh, yeah, we have studies that Jesus walked on the earth. He was a person. But they're not believers. They just believe that. But do you believe in the power of the resurrection, that, that God came into this earth in the form of man, lived the life that you should have lived, died the death that you deserved to die, rose from the grave, and then he offered salvation. And so you repent and believe because you say, hey, I believe that that's true. He, he rose from the grave. He is amazing. And I also believe, B, that he did it in me. He resurrected me because I was messed up. So because of that, I'm empowered to live the faith-filled life because I know who my God is. And not just that he existed, but that he lives in me. That's confidence right there. <clears throat> Abraham's faith and his actions were working together, James says. Our response to who he is, our faith pleases him. You know, without faith, you can't please God. Abraham was a man of faith because everything around him looked like there's no way this is going to happen. This is impossible. I'm sure that word, however you translate it in their language, 
was used many times. Hey, everybody, Abraham and them, they're about to have a baby. Impossible. <laughs> you know, God called Abraham. He's going out. You know, God said he's just leading him to a place, but he's going to make him a great nation. Impossible. What do you mean a great nation? How's a man become a great nation? But Abraham just walked on faith. Every step, faith. I love that he lived in a, as an alien. Verse 9. He lived as an alien in the land of promise, as in a foreign land dwelling in the tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. Let me just say this before we go. Faith, our faith is captured inside for the time to come. Our faith is not, not set up here. Okay, I, I'm, I'm put all of my faith here on earth. We get to live out our faith on earth, but our faith is for the glory of God when he comes back, when he returns. Our faith is, I will be a part of that number. God is going to take us into a promised land. So right now I'm living like an alien out here in America or this world, wherever you, you're from or where you live. I live like an alien here because I'm a child of promise. And, and that's why I can go through the things here because I know that this is not it. So when I face calamity, when I face struggle, once again, when my bank account is low, <laughs> you always got to go there. Some, sometimes people can't hear you until you say the bank account's low. Whoa, whoa, what's, what's he talking about? Because he must be talking about me. <laughs> Our faith is hidden in Christ. Our lives, our identity is hidden in Christ. So we know when we face calamity, when we, when we watch the news, if you must, when you, when you go through all of the things that are going on in your world, in, your nation, in our nation, with our government, with the people around you, you know, you know what, I'm going to endure in this moment, but my faith is far, far, far beyond this. There's a bigger purpose. Abraham knew that there was a bigger purpose than just walking around to a certain place. <clears throat> Verse 10, for he was looking for the city which has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Let's talk about here on earth. Are you your own architect or is God building something for you? Are you putting everything in place? Oh, hold on, my account over here. Let me take some from over here and then let me, let me go sell this car and then let me go do those. So then we can be okay. I'm building. I'm getting ready to nest. I'm, I'm, I'm making sure that everything is good so I can work things out for my own good. Oh, we want to move here because that's more conducive to my lifestyle. I want to I feel better. I want to live more comfortably. I'm building. When did you stop and say, God, what are you saying here? Where do you want me to go? That's what Abraham did. Where are you leading me? What are you doing? Matter of fact, let's back, back up. What is the call? See, because if, if I'm called and I know my purpose, I know where God's taking me, then I can see what's, what's, what, what's not aligning with the ultimate call. See, that's a whole relationship series right there. Nah, that, that, that girl doesn't look like the promise that God's calling me. <laughs> that guy, I don't know, that guy, he... He's a little bit too, too trifling for the promise that God, God's calling me. <laughs> trifling, yeah, use that word. <laughs> we just do it because it looks right because we're building ourselves. Oh, I just see myself, like we took a picture and it looked good. We just work out right. 
He just gets me. You just build him. That's like just going to any lot saying, oh, this is good right here. You have no clue about what's under the ground. <laughs> Next thing you know, you build that house on that sand. <laughs> I'm preaching to somebody. And then the sand and the house and all this goes down. And wait, but we were building. We built really well. Who was the architect? Me. Oh, that's why. Be careful who you date. This is a faith message. I'm sorry. Hold on. Wait a second. Oops. <laughs> Consistency. Consistency. Abraham was, was dwelling in tents, verse 9, with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. Then we, we see later that Sarah, in verse 11, received ability to conceive even beyond the proper time of life, since she considered him, God, faithful who had promised. Is it a coincidence that all of these people were related to Abraham? Abraham was consistent in his faith. He didn't just take Isaac up and say, okay, Isaac, this is a moment. Let me teach you this. You know, God is doing something. And okay, now that moment's over and then there's no more faith. No, he took it to his bride. Okay, Sarah, this is what God's saying. The people walked behind him because he said, man, this guy's living on faith. How many people are walking behind you because of your faith? It was transferable. Multiple people, same promise, same God. We all want our own word. I want a word for me. Where's my word? Sometimes the word is just the word of this house. Grace covenant, the word is this. Okay, that's my word too. Let's walk in it together. Fathers trying to live out their own faith, their own word. Man, God's got a plan for me. While you're leaving your kids behind. Now the kid, your kid's trying to figure it out. If they could walk with you, if that faith was consistent, not just in your own prayer time, but it was consistent in the way that you treated your wife. It was consistent in the way that you lead your kids. It was consistent in the way that you manage your money. It was consistent in the way that you conduct your business. It was consistent in the way that you drive in traffic. Oh, 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 you're talking about family and all that stuff. You hold on, traffic, that's different. <laughs> if faith can be consistent, if faith can be consistent in all areas of your life, who knows what's going to happen? The growth, the people that will be changed, the people that will be inspired. If you're full of faith, you're always full. That means when I get into my prayer closet, I'm getting some for me, but then I'm going to come back. I'm going to get some for my wife. I'm going to get some for my children. I'm going to get some for my community. I'm going to get some for myself for when I'm outside in the public. Everybody's going to see what I'm getting, and they're going to receive what I'm getting. So it's consistent across my life. The reason why pastors fall is because they're only having enough faith for themselves to preach. Oh, I got faith for Sunday morning, but I don't have any faith for my wife. She, is, she gets on my nerves. Preaching a great sermon, but then you're sleeping on the couch. The church writing about you all, all night long. All that Facebook message, I'm, I'm typing it up on Facebook. He's amazing. He's sitting at home like, okay, well, maybe next Sunday I'll feel that again. He's living a life of competency, not character. Competency, not character. Let me just keep on working and keep on working. When are we going to get to the point where we see it across the board? In sports, they always say, man, this guy's really good at this, but he's horrible at this. He can catch, but he can't block. He can shoot, but his defense is terrible. 
we miss the entire game. God called us to be great in all things. Excellence, consistency. Abraham's faith was distributed. I end with this, conceives. Abraham's faith conceives on that same note with, with, his, with his family. Faith aligns us with God. It takes us to another level. How is it that Abraham got a word and that Isaac said, I'm walking in that same word. And then Jacob says, I'm walking in that same word. And today we're walking in that same word. Don't have just enough faith for today. If you're a millennial, don't live for today. I'm just speaking to my people right quick. Hold on. My people, we live for today, YOLO, you know, whatever. Live for tomorrow. Live for the generations. I'm making decisions today. I'm not doing a certain thing or I'm doing a certain thing because I know that my children are going to benefit from this. You don't want children? Well, you should. But if you don't, then my community is going to benefit from this. The men or women that I'm mentoring and discipling are going to benefit from the decisions that I make today. I've got to be full of faith because I need to distribute it. It's amazing to me that there's three men, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, same promise, same faith. Isaac didn't just wake up and say, well, I'm supposed to do this too. It wasn't like the family business that he just inherited. He inherited the power that his father had by faith. He, his father demonstrated it. And we read this and it's demonstrated for us. So now we can walk in faith and have confidence. Faith conceives. Out of that faith that Abraham had, generations and generations and generations up until today are still saying, God be glorified. So we need to speak according to his will, his way. How do we do that? I think we need to start getting in our Bible more. You guys agree? Yeah. Let's read this thing. Get that thing off the, off the coffee table. Dust it off. <laughs> Download an app. And don't have the app on your fourth page. Put the app on your first page. Put it right by your phone. <laughs> Some folks really got it. Where is my Bible again? <laughs> Put it on the front page. Give you a reminder. Yeah, each page. Yeah, download four Bibles and put them on every page. Put some alarms up. Read your Bible now. Put a second alarm up. Oh, you didn't? Read your Bible now. <laughs> Third alarm. It's lunchtime. Are you hungry? Read your Bible now. Man cannot live off bread alone. Read it. Got to read our Bibles. Secondly, write down your dreams. Write down your dreams and pray that they are according to God's will. Then when you get that confirmation in your soul that it's according to God's will, don't leave that. Have faith and pray it every day. One thing my father taught me, among other things, is that if you pray long enough and you align yourself with God and you wait with expectance, then you'll see things manifest. He said that he prayed for all of our spouses when we were children. That's 20 some years of praying the same prayer. Now you know how many potential spouses that didn't make the cut 
and we had to keep on, he had, he had to keep on praying. He probably had to get back in that closet. Hold on, this person right here ain't no good, Lord. This one's trifling. This one's not aligning with the promise. Let me get back in here and keep praying. He didn't just say, oh, no, that's not it. I guess my prayers were in vain. He said, no, no, no. This isn't according to the prayer. This isn't according to the will of God. Let me get back in this closet and keep on believing. Some of you are waiting for that next paycheck, waiting for that next job, waiting for that spouse, waiting for that house, waiting for that car. Not the flashy car. I know we have like a, like waiting for that Lambo. Well, maybe you're waiting for the Lambo. I don't know. Get your Lambo if it's in Jesus' name. Glorify him in it or with it, however you do that. Give me a ride to preach somewhere and then. <laughs> Whatever it is that you're praying for and that you're waiting for, keep on praying. Keep on believing. Have that childlike faith. Mommy, 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 mommy. I'm like, when are you going to stop? I got faith. Mommy, mommy, mommy. We need to get in our prayer closet. Daddy, 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 I got faith. I believe. Daddy, daddy, you're going to provide. Daddy, daddy, you're going to see me through. Daddy, daddy, I'm going to be free of this cancer. Daddy, daddy, my eyes are going to see again. Daddy, daddy, I'm going to get out of this wheelchair. Daddy, daddy, I'm believing. I have hope and I have an expectation that you're going to provide. Write down your dreams. Keep praying them. Don't grow weary in doing well. Be empowered by this gospel and believe for God to provide. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for allowing us to have so much fun talking about faith. Man, faith is so good. You are so good. We are believers because we believe in a perfectly faithful God. Help us even in this hour to grow in our faith. To grow in an expectation to see our lives purposeful, faith-filled, and transformative, Lord, so that we can glorify you to the best of our abilities. Lord, empower us to prosper. Bless us. And even at this moment, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you want to give your life to Jesus today, if you're saying, you know what, I thought I had faith, or I grew up in a church, but I didn't really receive Jesus, or, or you know what, I've never been in church, and I'm trying to figure this thing out, but that faith that you're talking about is what I want. I want you to raise your hand so bold, so high, because you're full of faith right now and believing that God's going to do something in you. If that's you, raise your hand. You want to give it all to Jesus. You want to you give your life to him and live the faith-filled life. If that's you, raise your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. Don't raise it for me. Raise it for Jesus, and he's going to change your life. You're going to walk on faith and not by sight. People around you are going to say, what in the world is with you? You're so different. That's what raising your hand gets you. It's not about me, and it's not about this church. It's about Jesus, and he loves you, and he's here for you. I see that hand as well. Praise the Lord. I see your hand. Hallelujah. I see your hand too. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Repeat after me quietly. Father God. Forgive me, for I've sinned against you. I lived a life outside of my purpose. And you've called me to be more than that. Change me by the power of this gospel. Make me like new. Come into my heart and be Lord of my life. Save me. In Jesus' name, amen. You all are the best. Thank you for letting me have fun.